Welcome to Splainin', a podcast where two guys explain things to each other that they should know, but don't. I'm Evan Smith. And I'm Jeff Sims. Welcome, Evan. Welcome, Jeff. This is so exciting. Episode seven. Episode seven. Seven's my favorite number. Me too. Really? Yeah. I was number seven, like, playing basketball. <laughs> I don't know if I ever had a jersey for any sport. No, you, you know what? certainly didn't. <laughs> I think I did for hockey. At one point, I was number seven because I got, wow. like, the jersey made. Um, <laughs> but someone I knew, their favorite team was hockey green jersey. What would that be? Like NHL? Like a, like, yeah, like emerald looking. I don't know, man. I think I just liked them because I liked the color of the jersey. Mm-hmm. But I remember I had that jersey on my wall with the number seven. That's what I used to wear during practices. Ah, uh, the Emerald Sevens. Yeah, for no reason <laughs> yeah. other than like, I think I just liked the jersey. And one of my friends was like, yeah, that's my team. And I was like, oh, great. Mine okay, too. Okay, great. Mine too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I really yeah, love, I love, I love that team. Celtic. Celtic Thunder. <laughs> Celtic, Celtic Women. <laughs> it's like Celtic Women jersey. Uh, but speaking of sports, last night, uh, I finished The Last Dance. Oh, Tell so me how, good. What'd you think? I thought it was amazing. Isn't it incredible? So many people, including you, told me to watch it. And I was yeah. like, it's basketball. But what did we say? It has say? nothing to do with basketball. I mean, it does, obviously. It, yes. It made me want to go watch basketball. Yeah. And it, I don't watch basketball. No, it is uh, It is brilliant. I love it. How yeah. it was. It, well, I mean, it's an art form. I mean, as a docuseries, it's it's brilliant. It's really brilliant. And and. To your point, we talked about this a few days ago, and you had said something about, like, you know, it's a little biased towards Jordan or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, But after you – I think I was, like, episode five or something when you when we had that conversation. Mm-hmm. And after that, they do get into, like, shitting on him a bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they have yeah. to because yeah. in the 90s, everybody shat on him. Yes. Shat on him? Shit on him? Shat. Yep. Def- <laughs> definitely shat. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, he was – he was a hard ass, and he had to yeah. be, and it's fine, but it's like, you know, he wasn't a nice guy. No, he was a Slytherin through and through. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And he won the House Cup a couple times, I'll tell you that. Sure did. Yeah. More than anybody else. But, like, watching it, like, after, I think it was episode two, I finished watching episode two, and all I wanted to do was go play piano and sing. Like, I just want to be like, I need, <laughs> I need to perfect my craft. Like, it had yeah. nothing to do with basketball in that moment. It was nope. like, I need to have the drive. I and mean, it's like... It's the argument of like talent versus whatever versus whatever. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, there is innate talent, uh-huh. but also there is there's hard work, there's perseverance, hard, not there's, even hard work. Like I do nothing but this. Yeah, it's the calloused mind. It's just that. Yeah, forever focused. Right. Yeah. Um, it's wild. It is wild, and the, it's necessary to be the top of anything. You have that's to, all of the. If you look at one direct link between all those people who are at the top of something that's all it's they that do. they just double down that's yep. all they do which makes me go like man it sucks that we're just so well-rounded Evan. <laughs> <laughs> but there are you know there are definitely people out there as talented as michael jordan at basketball without the drive oh yeah yeah right? yeah, yeah absolutely he um have you read uh malcolm gladwell's outliers you know i haven't well, there's your next project. <laughs> it literally talks about that, about yeah. what it takes to be an outlier yeah. and how outliers are created in any context, social, yeah. political, like in terms of sports as well. There's a full chapter, and this is what kills me. There's a yeah. full chapter on hockey players, yeah. and when they look at hockey players, they're all born within a three-month gap because— What do you mean? As in, like, all the best hockey players are for the, the same longest— signs, like astronomy signs? January, February, March. Really? Because— they are the oldest in their age group. Or is it, hold on, or maybe the other way around. Maybe it's October, November, December. Well, it's one or the other, buddy. Anyways, <laughs> hold on, my math's going weird. But it, they were the oldest in their age group, which well, then means... January, February, March, then. 
No, because they would be the youngest in their age group. No. Yes, you're right. They're the oldest in their yeah. age group. <laughs> They're the oldest. So they have like so much more time to grow and develop at such a young age. Right. Ten months is a long time for a three to six year old. Yeah, to well, physically grow, and yeah. so they get that amount of ten- attention when they're that age, yeah. and then that attention gets them that far ahead, and then it just cascades. Right. And so there's a full chapter, and he reads—I um, almost called it a scene of hockey, but a play in hockey. And instead of naming out like Gretzky passes it to this person, he says their birthdays, oh. and they're all January, February, March. Wow. And it's it's just that kind of a thing, right? But, but there is, yeah, there is a difference mm-hmm. for sure. There's a absolute difference. Like you know, it's like the kids we all knew growing up, born in December and held back a grade. Yep. And it's like they always seem to like, and they fit in with that grade. Yeah. Right. Because like they're they're closer to that grade. Yeah. If you're it, born in December, obviously you're closer to the person born the month later in January than you, you are, are the person the pe- last January. Eleven months. Yeah. 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 It's super interesting. Yeah. But uh, love it. Love that documentary. Yeah, a it's lot of done very a well. lot of people are coming out saying that like outside of it being biased and stuff like that, that they are uh, that a lot of it's untrue. Well, I thought it was great. Listen, why let the truth get in the way of a good story? Absolutely, that's what we're saying always. Yes, giddy up. If it's entertaining, I don't care if it's true. Hence, anyone who listens to this podcast. I was going to say, hence, explaining. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> clearly that's our philosophy because we have this podcast. Uh, I was talking to my father a lot tonight at dinner. He's like, you know, one of the things that like gets me and I really like about it is, is like you're learning something, but at the same time, you don't know whether it's true or not. <laughs> I was like, I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But we don't intentionally lead you down the wrong path no. other than the bullshit thing. Other than like, the bullshit. But aside from that, like we are hoping what we're saying is right, but there's no guarantee. No, it's a shot in the dark. It's and all, that's it's that's, all Wikipedia. And that's why we want you guys to correct us. We yeah. want you to tell us more wrong. But like, but I mean, as you say, we're only episode seven, but there are times I'm using information in conversation now from the previous episodes. Not being like, so in my podcast this week, Mm. but in terms of like things I now know. Like combustion. Yep. That's one. Yep. Time travel. It comes up. a couple times. Comes up. Yeah. Yep. And also, there's a weird link between each episode. Like there's some, there's there's a consistent Uh something from one to the next. And they might skip some, like combustion came back last week. Yes. Time travel and black holes were linked. Yep. Not intentionally. We weren't like, oh, we did black no. holes last week. Let's do time travel now. There, no. there is a link between and then time and like zones, deja vu and, deja and vu. cameras and pr- like, oh uh, yeah. There's a there's a link. Bitcoin not really so much related. No, but there Bitcoin did come back at some point. There was a callback with Bitcoin. Anyway, it doesn't matter. No, but there it's, it's the just queen strange. Cockney. The queen and Cockney. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't Buddy. even realize back to back that those were two British things. Buddy. But amazing. It's, it's neat. So let's talk about this week's episode. It's a special episode, Jeff. It's a special episode. Is everyone well, ready for this? It is. Are you waiting for a response Are from them? <laughs> <laughs> everybody ready for this? Let's assume you all cheered. Yes. <laughs> um, we're going to do a double episode. Mm-hmm. And by that means we, we're going to Record about- for two and a half hours. I <laughs> know. I mean, we always do and then we just cut it. <laughs> but no, we're going to both do the same topic. Mm-hmm. And we are. And that topic is very superstitious. As Stevie Wonder said, when you believe in things that you don't understand, then you suffer. Superstition ain't the way. Mm. In that song. That's in that song. Said. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, so most of the, I'm, I'm not superstitious at all. I'm not even a little bit. No. No. All of these, I'm like, mm, yeah. But we know people who are. 
Yes. That's what's hilarious. We know the same people who are. <laughs> we know are. the same people who are. Uh, and it's really funny uh, because I actually mentioned that in one of the things. Uh, but it's a topic brought up by Catherine's best friend, Katie. Uh, she emailed it to us and said she wants some superstitions explained. And so on our walk where we do most of our thinking, uh, we, we thought of a list and we came up with like a lot. Yeah. We, off the top of our head, we came up with like 10. And then yeah. the Google came up with another 10. Mm-hmm. So we did, I think we did nine each. And then, and we're going to see how many we how do. How many we can get through. Yeah. We'll just go one by one. So that's like what we're going to do. Lightning gonna, round. Straight in the lightning round. Straight in the lightning round. Uh, but yeah, we're going to go back and forth, explain uh, popular, common superstitions, kind of where they came from, what the deal is, and how to um, ward them off. Oh, you went into the ward them off, did you? Well, if it, the information was given to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I'm not sure I have that, but hopefully you will tell me how to ward off these, even though I think they're all bullshit, so it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. Do you want to start? I'll start. Okay. Okay. So number one, crossing out crows. Yes. Yeah. So this one, I think, mm-hmm. is specific to Newfoundland. It is exclusive to Newfoundland. Yes. But it has English uh, roots. Of course it does. Obviously. Yeah. English and Irish. Yeah. <clears throat> In many communities within Newfoundland, people have a tradition when they see a single crow. They make the sign of the cross in the air when they see one flying overhead. They just right. literally cross, like the sign right. of the cross. Okay? Uh, some people believe that every crow is born with a drop of the devil's blood. Yes. Yeah. And it, it is, too. It. Yeah. The devil got lots of blood going around. And Donny. But every crow is born with a drop of the devil's blood, hence the sign of the cross. So what you're doing, you're trying to ward off the devil anytime it flies overhead. Right. It is as simple as that. I had a friend... Uh, growing up, I'm not really going to call him a friend. I didn't like him at all. How many? But he was in my friend group. Mm-hmm. Um, he was arrogant. And that's the that's the trait that I cannot stand in people. Uh-huh. I don't care how good you are in any other way. If you're arrogant, can't get past it. No, nope. they got the drop of the devil's blood. They got the drop of the devil's blood. Uh. And I always thought, and just the way he did it, I always thought like crossing as like an X. Oh, like but it's, no. it's like a it's like a Christian cross. It's exactly, like a, it is the a vertical sign horizontal of the cross. line. Yeah, exactly, yeah. it's the sign of the cross because right. of the devil's blood. Right. Um. So it actually, uh, like I said, came from the English origins, with beliefs around magpies, which is a different kind of bird. Yeah. Okay. One magpie has uh, was obviously seen as as having bad luck, very similar, and there's things you can do to ward off the bad luck. Okay. So you could take off your hat. You can make the sign of the cross. You can spit three times over your shoulder. Like a continental soldier. (laughs) (laughs) Dear crows, fly low. Um, But this is my favorite. You can salute the magpie with, Hello, Mr. Magpie. How is your lady wife today? No. (laughs) It's it's I would call bullshit, but I know it's not. It's not bullshit. Well, I mean, it's... I mean, it's bullshit, but you didn't come up with it. No, it's, it's Wikipedia. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of my favorites. Saluting the magpie with, Hello, Mr. Magpie. How is your lady wife today? <laughs> the most English thing that's ever happened. How is your lady wife? Your lady wife. <laughs> anyway, so that's, that's what you can do for crossing out crows. Obviously, in Newfoundland, we don't have magpies. No. So crow is going to be the closest looking bird. And so there you go. A magpie looks like a crow? Uh, it has white on its chest. But it is a black other than that. Other, it's predominantly black, yeah. Ah. Interesting. Yeah. Indeed. So crossing on crows. Because of the devil's blood. Okay, well, similar to that then, uh, a black animal, black cats. Mm-hmm. So that's a, sort of a common one, like black cat crossing your path, or just black cats in general. Yes. So the one um, thing that derives from is witches. Mm-hmm. So in medieval folklore, it started when a black cat was seen going into a woman's house who was thought to be a witch. Mm. I'm like, 
Like what? At, in one instance, this happened, and somebody yeah. was like, "She's a witch." A black cat went in there. That's bad. That's bad news. Like, it's just a weird. Specific no, they really example. looked for reasons to burn. They women. certainly did. They were like, it's "I shocking. don't like that woman." No, let's find a reason of why not to like her. A black cat went in her house. Yep. Uh, if it was a tabby cat, things would have been different. Oh really? Well, I'm just saying they would have like been didn't been uh, prejudiced against tabby cats. Um, black cats were believed to be witches in disguise. Like they could transform like a... Oh, I thought that was the same thing that you just said. That like the cat would go into the house and then turn into the witch. No. Not or, that so, he just had a pet black cat. Oh, no. Or pet pet black cat, but okay. also like a pet belonging to the witch. Okay. Or an animal-shaped demon. Mm. Uh, it escalated to the point during the Salem witch trials, which I think should be a future topic. Because Absolutely. I've always been interested in that. Okay. I know nothing about it. Um, in the 17th century, black cat... I bit my tongue when I said that. You know, I'm asking for you to repeat it, though. 17th century. Thank you. You're welcome. I was hoping you would say, was it that obvious? And the 17th century. <laughs> yeah, I bit my tongue. Um, black cats... <laughs> to, <laughs> uh, black cats were actually killed along with the women who were believed to be witches. Ah, uh, see. So, so, like, when they were hanging and burning the witches, they were like, kill the cat, too. Don't like that. No, it's not nice, but that's how serious they were about it. Um... I mean, I don't like the women getting burned alive either. No, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently, like that's a very common superstition, and apparently, like powerful men are apparently very susceptible to superstition because they always think they're very paranoid. Mm-hmm. So Hitler and Napoleon Bonaparte both terrified of black cats. Well, you've heard of Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> he came <laughs> to fled with all his men. men. Yeah. Sure did. Also, so bad luck and black cats. Yes, thank you. Stems from medieval times. Any animals with dark feathers or fur signal death. Mm-hmm. Crows, ravens, black cats, or magpies and crows, apparently. Magpies Cross them out. Devil's blood. Cross them out. Um, also, death was imminent if a black cat um, lay on someone's sickbed. I mean, like, uh, yeah, it's yeah, called yeah, yeah. a sickbed. Yeah, first so, off. So, yeah. the person's on death's door. It's it not was, called a health bed. No, if, if the black cat laid on your health bed and you died, Sure. Maybe the black cat is bad luck, but a black cat lying on your sick bed, it could be like a pack of semi-sweet chocolate laid on your sick bed, and then they die. It's like, doesn't matter. It's a sick bed. Yeah. Um, a modern day black cat crossing your path, we say is bad luck. A black cat at a funeral procession means someone's going to die. Outside of the person who's already dead? Correct. Ooh. Or if you see a black cat walking away from you. Which is like, so if you see a black if you cat see a, at all, in, in any context, if they cross you or walk away, you're like, okay, so that's bad it. all around. Dead then. Also, in some um, cultures, black cats are good luck. Mm. In ancient Egypt, black cats were held in the highest esteem because they resembled Bastet, the cat-headed Egyptian goddess of home, fertility, and protection from disease. So like, you know, those Egyptian uh-huh. sort of sculptures. Um, in other parts of the globe... Uh, black cats are considered good luck as well. In Asia and the UK, you're going to be lucky in life if you own a black cat. Okay. In Japan, you'll have luck finding love if you have a black cat. Interesting. In parts of England, a bride will have luck in her marriage if she receives a black cat as a gift. In Europe, sailors will have a safe journey if they bring along a black cat on the ship. Ugh. Right? Gross. I mean, not gross, but Help okay. get the fish. Or, uh, or kill all the rats. I think that's more. Or that too. Yeah, it's probably a good idea to have a, a cat on board. In Scotland, yeah. you'll have come in prosperity if a black cat appears at your doorway. And in France, something magical is about to happen if you see a black cat. Uh, in other cultures around the world, it's a sign of good luck if you dream about a black cat. That is so polar. Yeah. It's so polar. It's like, 
obviously none of this matters. It's stupid. Obviously it's bullshit. Yep. Yep. Or if you happen to find a stray white hair on a cat. It's just getting it's old. It's good luck, apparently. Interesting. I mean, you could look for stray white hairs on me all day long. And wouldn't take you very long. <laughs> we'll cut that. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first day with new teeth. Honest guy, breaking a new set of teeth for a friend. Walking under a ladder. Yes. Yes. Uh, so most people don't want to walk under a ladder because it's just unsafe. I mean, yes. If a ladder is, is up, chances are someone's standing on it, working, and you don't want to take the chance of something falling on your head. Nor do you want to risk jostling the ladder and knocking someone down, obviously. Yeah. So that's like the obvious thing. Yeah. What I'm learning is a lot of superstitions. Ooh. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, a lot of superstitions are based on like real life people just trying to protect people. From doing stupid things. Right. It's like, about- it's like similar to being like, let's create a superstition about people walking off cliffs. If yeah. you walk off a cliff, your mother's going to break her back. It's like, you know, like, so don't walk off a cliff. It's a lot of misfortune for one family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean? So like, yeah. it stems from them being like, hey, don't walk under a ladder because nine chances out of 10, you're going to hurt yourself. Or, or someone else. Yeah. Jostle the ladder down and hurt somebody else. Yeah. So outside of that, many Christians believe in the Holy Trinity. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This belief uh, made the number three sacred in early times, and along with it, the triangle. <gasps> Ladders are triangle. Ladders are triangles. Nice. A ladder leaning up against a wall forms the shape of a triangle, and walking through it would be seen as breaking the Trinity. A crime seen as blasphemous as well as potentially attacking, uh, attracting sorry, the devil. And now we're back to pyramids. And now we're back to pyramids. See, we're, everything is linked. Yep. Wham hole. Others believe that a ladder... <laughs> <laughs> that a ladder against a wall resembles a gallow. So What's ladders, gallow? like the hangman's noose, the oh, gallows. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, gallows. Yep. Uh, ladders used to, be used, used to be propped up to allow the person being hanged to climb high enough to get to the rope. So it's a little bit bleak, but definitely Seriously. not very lucky. Uh, yet a third theory involves the Egyptian belief that if you walk under a ladder, you might accidentally see a god climbing up or down it. Is that a bad thing? It's just a thing. Oh. I don't know. It's just a thing. Okay. I don't know. I just feel like that's really good news. Like, if you saw a god walking up, but you'd be like, why would he have god? <laughs> so some things, some remedies. Yes. I don't know why it's a remedy, but some things to, okay. to, to, to stop it. <laughs> Bread poultice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make a wish while you're walking under the ladder. Okay. Uh, walk backwards through the ladder again. Right. So you walk forward, cancel you go, out what you, go, you did. Ah, yeah. shit, and walk on back and right. knock Buddy over while you're going through. Yes. Put backwards. Your, yeah. <laughs> put your thumb between your index and middle fingers as you walk under the ladder. Okay. This is called the fig sign, and depending on where you are in the world, could also be seen as mildly an obscene gesture. So imagine walking underneath the ladder <laughs> while Skipper's on top, showing him the old fig, and he gets mad and falls over. <laughs> um, say bread and butter. Yes? Yeah, say bread really? and butter as you walk under the ladder. And cross your fingers and keep them crossed until you see a dog. <laughs> now, <laughs> imagine your day going in for a job interview. You walk under a ladder. Um, Mr. Mr. Smith, I need, I need to ask you, why are you crossing your fingers? Well, I'll tell you, I was coming in for the job interview, and I walked under the ladder. You haven't seen I, a dog, have you? I haven't seen a dog. <laughs> and I didn't want to ruin my chances of getting a job, so I'm crossing my fingers till I yeah. see me little pup. Fun story. I'm gonna. I'm gonna skip. Are you done? Sure. I'm gonna go to crossing my fingers right now. That's one of mine. Ooh, jump ahead. Um, there are two main the- theories for why crossing your fingers is good luck. Mm-hmm. 
um, which is obviously linked right to what you just said. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a pagan belief. Um, it's symbolism of the cross. You would cross your finger over someone else's finger, showing support of their wish. So if you want to make a wish, you would cross your fingers. Uh-huh. And you would select, just stick out your finger. They would do this, make a cross, right? Eventually, they realized they could just do that themselves. You didn't need another person. Like, how long did that take? So they would use both their index fingers to make a cross. And that's fine. Which eventually evolved to doing the one-handed one, where you cross your middle and your index finger. Interesting. So it's just a sign of the cross. Sign of the cross. Good luck, sign of the cross. In Christianity... Also, pause. Yep. Good luck equaled the sign of the cross. What part of Jesus being crucified on the cross was lucky? I'm going to get to that, too. Ooh. Not with this one, but with another one. Okay. Jesus comes up a lot. Does he? Yep. But he was lifted up, I'll tell you that for free, up on the cross. Jeff. We'll cut it. It's okay. No, we'll cut it. You're good St. Bond's boy. I know. No, it hurt for me to say it. I'm sorry. No. I'm fine. I got to go home now. I went to public school. I'm fine. I'm going to go put the sign of the cross up everywhere. Um, In Christianity, this is the the other, what's the word, Um, theory. Christians were persecuted for their beliefs. At a, at, an, at a certain time. Not anymore. Now they're persecuting other people for their beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't go into that. Preach. Um, they developed a series of hand gestures. So making a fish symbol by touching thumbs and crossing index fingers. So you touch somebody else's thumb. Are we doing thumb. this? Yep. COVID. And then you cross your index fingers. and you, That's apparently oh, the sign of a the fish. Oh, it's the Jesus fish. Yeah. Yeah. Which is called like an is, not an isthmus, but something like that. Yeah, it's Come a Jesus on. fish. It is. Um, so that is also good luck. And now we just it evolved to people saying, fingers crossed. Like, mm-hmm. you're going in for a job interview, doing whatever you like. Oh, yeah, fingers crossed. Oh, by the way, hang on to it until you see a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so that's crossing your fingers for luck. How cool is that? Yep. Back Buddy. to you. Back to you, Jeff. Back to me. It's part of our NTV interview. <clears throat> so, oh, my God. Close by return. What? The interview for NTV. That's what you're crossing your fingers for. <laughs> that's the job interview. That's the job interview. Oh, my God. Ah, we wooed them with our jokes at the party. We got the job interview. We crossed under a ladder, had to cross our fingers. We, know, we now know why, and we can tell them in the interview. Education all around. Everyone wins. Okay. Yep. Saying Macbeth in a theater. Yes. I'm yeah. very intrigued for this So one. this is one I actually had no idea about that you actually mentioned on The Walk. Yes. I knew nothing about it. So my apologies for any of my theater friends, if in my history. I'm sure it didn't come up much. I can't imagine when I ever would have said that word in yes. a theater. Yeah. Um, but anyways. So saying the word Macbeth inside a theater is strictly taboo unless one is rehearsing or in the midst of performing Shakespeare's dark tragedy. Yes. Doing so is almost universally believed to bring about bad luck or even disaster. To avoid the curse, actors refer to the play by a variety of euphemisms, such as the Bard's play or the Scottish play. Yes. Uh, According to folklore, and that's my favorite thing, is that in all these definitions, almost all of them say according to folklore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they all know it's all bullshit. A few of mine were on Snopes. Yeah. And Snopes will always say, like, the, the heading will be, like, fact, false, or folklore. Yeah. So according to bullshit, the play's history of bad luck began with its first performance in 1606. Oh. Mm -hmm. When the actor scheduled to portray Lady Macbeth died suddenly, and Shakespeare himself was forced to replace him. Because all men did women parts in that time. Well, yes. Right. I forgot about that. But anyways. Yes. Wow. So in another 17th century production held in Amsterdam, the actor playing King Duncan was allegedly killed in front of a live audience when a real dagger was used in place of the stage prop during the stabbing scene. Whoa. Likewise, actor Harold Norman was reportedly, uh, who reportedly did not believe in superstition 
Mm-hmm. Died after his stage battle became a little too realistic while playing Macbeth in 1947. Productions of the play have also been the center of audience riots, including one in 1721 uh, at the Lincoln's Infields Theater and another in 1772 at the Covent Garden. In 1849, a long-standing rivalry between the fans of British actor William Charles McReady and American Edwin Forrest turned violent during a production at New York's Astor Place Opera House, leaving 22 dead and more than 100 injured. Whoa. Some believe Shakespeare brought the curse upon his own play by using authentic spells in the Three Witches' dialogues. Oh! Yeah. While others believe that a production that has been staged for more than 400 years is bound to have its fair share of accidents. Well, I mean, yes. Just exactly. statistically speaking. Just statistically speaking. If, if you walk under enough ladders, you're going to knock Skipper off the top. Exactly. Or you're going to see an ancient Egyptian god. Yes. One yeah. or the other yeah, two yeah, is yeah. going to happen. One of the two. <laughs> but yeah, and also like, but I've heard a lot of things too about even not doing the production of Macbeth itself, people who have said Macbeth, mm. something bad happens that night in the theater. Well, I think that's just... I mean, I don't believe it. It's superstition. No. But, but if you think about something hard enough, it's going to happen. Yeah, and I also... Don't fall. I don't want to fall. I don't I'm not going to go around saying it because A, it's disrespectful to people, and B, don't want to chance it. No, if there's a little bit... Yeah. Like, and if I'm going on stage... That's the most vulnerable. Right? Um, so a couple of things you can do... If you happen to say the forbidden word, you simply exit the theater, spin around three times, spit over your sh- left shoulder, and either recite a line from Shakespeare or unleash a profanity. Oh. So if you happen to splurt yeah. out Macbeth, yeah. run out, spin around, spit over your left shoulder, and say, say something. Say something. <laughs> I almost said something then, but I Did thought you? about it, and I said, <laughs> the poor children's. Interesting. I'm done. Oh, that was very interesting. Yeah. Um... Here's another one that is actually sometimes used as a remedy for bad luck. Um, it's salt over the shoulder. Yes, 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 right. yes, yes. So this one is actually thousands of years old. Of course. Um, so is your salty ass? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I said that. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make I don't know. It was I so aggressive. I it came from nowhere. But it came from my heart. It was unprovoked. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was an ages joke. Yes, and I like I don't know, man. Oh god. Oh. Um so it started in 3500 BC. Of course it did. By the ancient Sumerians. <laughs> a lot of the Sumerians, you go back. Okay, good. I'll just wait. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Um, so it's common that salt is purifying. Like salt will purify things. Salt water is a purifying thing. It'll help with infections, blah, 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 blah. If you had a bad throat, gargle salt water. Mm-hmm. So salt has always been highly regarded um, as a hot commodity. Hot commodity. Um, if you spill salt, this is what the superstition is. If you spill yes. salt, mm-hmm. you need to throw it over your shoulders to drive away any evil spirits that might be attracted to the spill that won't... It would cause misfortune uh, for the unlucky spiller. Because basically what you've done is you've wasted salt. And salt is precious. So uh, because you've wasted it, mm-hmm. now these evil spirits will now come attack you. Or... I think it's the same thing as like stepping off the cliff. It's like, we don't want you to waste salt. So to be super careful that you don't waste the most precious thing we have. Right. If you do it, demons are going Meanwhile, to get you. what they say is, if you do spill it and waste some, Toss use more and throw it over your shoulder. 
Like, I could wipe that salt off the table and put it back on my fries. No problem. <laughs> Not going to phase me in the slightest. You know? Table's clean. Table's clean. That's all. Fries are salty. Fries are salty. That's funny. Got any gravy? Oh, I'd love a bit of gravy. Whoop! Buddy. Are you done? Yep. Oh. I was expecting you to keep going. Number four. <laughs> Bad luck comes in threes. You're saying number four, but... Is it's it number my four? number four. Your number four. My number four. So for audiences, it's number seven. We've done that many already? Seven, Evan. The lucky number seven. Our favorite number. End this episode. Stop now. Superstitions are real. No, go on. Guys. This is bullshit. Don't walk under a ladder. Listen or step to. off a cliff. You'll break your mother's back. Um, or break your own back. Don't or, step <laughs> off a cliff. Or dump salt. Oh, God. I think it's just people trying to tell people not to do stupid things. And people well, are just so stupid that there's no other way for them to not yeah. do stupid things. We talked about this tonight at dinner, actually. We're talking about... Um, my mother-in-law had read a book about, I think it was a book, about Inuit um, like parenting strategies. And apparently someone had gone and lived with um, some people who were Inuit. I think it was Inuit. I mm-hmm. may be wrong. Okay. But some indigenous people in Canada. Sure. And um, they learned about sort of their parenting practices and, and live with the family for six months. And a lot of the sort of stories that they would say, like there are monsters in the sea and here are the names yeah, of the yeah, monsters. Yeah. It's because they're trying to get the kids not to go in the ocean. Yes. It's the same thing as, you know, in Ireland, oh, the evil fairies in the woods. Yeah. Don't go into the woods, children. You'll get lost and die. Don't go outside after 9 p.m. You're exactly. swept away. Yeah, it's all those things. It's all those things. It's yeah. coming up with the, the boogeyman. The boogeyman. Right? That will stop you from doing the things we don't want you to do because we can't, we can't see you 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a rabbit hole we could go into, but we're not going to, about no. society today and, and about okay. how the government creates fear and more. Yep. <clears throat> Anyways, bad luck comes in threes. Does it? It does. So three is a common pattern in our lives. Okay? There's the Holy Trinity, the Trimurti in Hinduism, and the three jewels of Buddhism. And the three beers I'm going to have tonight. And <laughs> <laughs> Here's number two. Here's number two, buddy. Uh, the triple goddess, Maid, Mother, and Crone. Uh, stories- Maid, Mother, and what? Crone. Crone? C-R-O-N-E. Okay. I don't know. Sure. I don't know them. Do you know them? Nope. Cool. Uh, stories all have beginnings, middles, and ends. Plays and films have three acts. Jokes often use a pattern of three. An Englishman, an Irishman, a Scotsman walked into a bar. Uh-huh. Fairy tales are built around threes. Three bears, the three suitors, yes. three sisters, three days, three wishes, three challenges. We count to three at the start of a race. Ready, set, go. The pattern of three is virtually everywhere. Yep. So it is. Yep. Three is considered, oftentimes, good luck. Deathly Hallows. The Deathly Hallows. Mm -hmm. In Chinese cultures, the number three is considered good luck because the pronunciation is similar to the word for alive. Ah, Mm -hmm. cool. What that word is, I don't know. No. Third time lucky, or three times a charm, is a common phrase. Some argue, uh, sorry, is a common phrase, period. Some argue this phrase (laughs) originated... Punctuation is important, kids. Yep. Some argue uh, this phrase originated (laughs) with the convicted murderer, John Babacom. John Babacom Lee. Lee uh, survived three attempts at hanging on the same day in February 1885. Crazy. Persistent. Mm Mm-hmm. Although it seems that the expression, the third time's lucky, existed before Lee bet the hangman's noose, found in Alexander Hislop's Proverbs of Scotland from 1868. If three is good, 
then why does bad luck come in threes? Hmm. Mm. There's not only bad luck in threes, but death comes in threes. Three candles burning in a room is bad luck, and three knocks in a room of a dying person is a harbinger of death. Knocks doesn't like knocks on the door. Oh, yeah, okay. Yep. Uh, breakages and tipped over glasses of water comes in threes. By my house, it comes in twenties. Does it? Catherine's after breaking that many of my glasses. I can't get over it. <laughs> Sin. But in her defense, uh, she bought me new ones. Well, good. Yeah, except for my Deathly Hallows glass, but that's fine. The next time we go to Harry Potter World, which is going to be never, we will buy them again. <laughs> um... Or was I too? Uh, three butterflies on a leaf is considered bad luck, as is hearing an owl call three times. Hoo, hoo. Mm-hmm. Hoo. Then there's... Hoo, <laughs> hoo. <laughs> hoo. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's always hoo, hoo. Imagine sitting there waiting and hearing that last hoo. You don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it. Uh, apparently, if you're out hunting, if you hear three shots, or is it two? I'm confusing it. Apparently, if you shoot three times or yes. two, uh, it's to show that you're in distress and you need someone to help. Oh, it's three times because it resembles SOS. If you shoot three times to kill an animal, right. you're always asked to shoot a fourth time to, to alert oh. other, other hunters not, that you're, you're not in distress. So if it takes three shots to kill an animal, they ask just to waste a shot or to, right. to reshoot the animal or whatever right. to uh, show you're not in distress. Um, then there is the disheartening saying for any woman with many sisters or close female friends, three times a bridesmaid, never a bride. Mm. Yep. Three strikes a match is a well-researched superstition of threes originating from wartime. While the background to the superstition is agreed that there's still debate over which particular war started the superstition. Right. Okay. Uh, the bad luck of three strikes of a match comes from trench warfare. Okay. Okay. If a match is a lit or light, a lit, long enough for three men to light their cigarettes, yep. this is sufficient time to be spotted by the enemy, pinpoint their position, oh. and launch an attack. Interesting. Mm -hmm. While it's been difficult to find the origins of bad luck and where it comes from in threes, uh, psychologists argue that this belief persists because people crave certainty. By creating a limit on the event, for instance, you know, three, we feel comforted because we see an end to the run of bad luck or deaths. Right. As there is always balance between good things and bad, we get three good things, or three also means good luck. It must also bring bad luck. Right. Yeah, so there's balance in the force. Yeah. Anakin, uh, Anakin brought balance to the force. And he did, in a horrible way. I finished watching episode one, two, and three, by the way, just for those who were keeping up with the podcast and knew that I was going to go watch them. I did. I mean, rewatched them. I've watched them before. I have watched episode one, two, and three in the last week and a half. Episodes one and two are not good. Cinematically, no. They're terrible. Yeah. Uh, but I always thought you loved them. I don't know why I thought this. Like, I knew Star Wars fans were like, yeah, episodes one, two, and three are garbage. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I think Jeff loves them. And Jeff is the biggest Star Wars fan I know. But you love, like, you love the, 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 the cinematography and the fight scenes are way better. So the cinematography is trash. What do you because mean? Because as a, as a movie, it's terrible. Is that what you mean by cinematography? Or do you no. mean like, I think I mean like graphic effects? Yeah, and that's what CGI. I mean. The, yeah, that's what I mean. The I mean, anybody are. can agree with that. Yeah. Right? Just I mean, because it's, what, it's, 30 years later than the first movies. Exactly. Obviously, it's way better. Obviously, it's way better. Yeah. Exactly. And the fight scenes are excellent. Yeah, the choreography is phenomenal as yeah, well. It is. Um, I think the reason why I love it so much is because it dives into the world 
that I love that I love about Star Wars the most. Right. Because and that's one thing that a lot you of, love Darth Vader. Well, I love Darth Vader, but I love Darth Vader's story. Yes, I mean. I love a good villain story, a good tragic hero. Yeah. Because it, it's the most enticing story. Yeah. Right. And you have the most menacing villain of all time, the yeah. most infamous, you know, evil character that's been launched, like you said, for 40, 50 years. Yeah. Um, and it it shows his downfall. It yeah. shows his tragedy and yeah, how true. he got from from where he was to where he is. All I think of with that little kid who plays Anakin is Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Great movie. It's Great movie. Turbo time. Turbo time. Put the cookie down now. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. Forget it. I'm not gonna sit on your lap. <laughs> I'm not a pervert. I'm just looking for Turbo Man doll. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't expect you to know so many quotes. I love it so much. It's yeah. like one of my favorite Christmas movies. That's good. Um, sure, we're only 38 minutes in. I can talk about Star Wars for another 20 minutes. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm trying to push it along. Yes. Uh, breaking a mirror. Okay. Very common. Breaking a mirror, seven minutes. When you look at it, you salty old what man. Is- <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. I'm sorry. It's okay. This is just a full week's worth of angst. Seriously, it must be. You're building it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a day off now, Tuesday. That's what you're waiting for. Tomorrow, no, two days. Yeah, tomorrow isn't Tuesday. Sorry to break it to you. No, it. My day off is in two days. Maybe is that why they call it Tuesday? Because it's two days from Sunday, the beginning of the week. Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm sure it's not that. Uh, we got to cut all of this. Yeah, <clears throat> breaking a mirror. Is said to give you seven years bad luck. That's a pretty mm. common superstition, right? Holy shit. You've heard that. Seven years, no. Break a mirror, seven years bad luck. Seven. Yes. We're I'll, back. We're back to seven. I'm superstitious um, now, buddy. I'll tell you that for free. But right? You've heard that expression. I didn't hear the seven years. No, I knew it brought you bad luck. Oh, yeah. No, seven years. I didn't know seven years. So a mirror is thought to be a reflection of yourself, including your soul. So that when you break a mirror, you haven't just broken the reflection that you see, you've broken your soul. Because your soul was reflected. The damaged soul is less capable of protecting a person from bad things. Or, another thing that's thought is that the damaged soul itself brings down the bad luck as an act of revenge against the mirror breaker's carelessness. So basically, your soul attacks you like you're a virus being like you shouldn't have done that now we're gonna get bad luck what did we just say you should have jumped off the cliff like i told you yep also interesting parallel go on the breaking of souls yes the deathly hallows yes the horcruxes seven 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 is a very magical number and it is um seven years the fact that the reason why it's seven years uh, to break a mirror is comes from the romans um which they believe that your life is renewed every seven years like your license like your license. So if you did bad things or you did whatever, your life is renewed. So if you broke a mirror and you have bad luck, well, after those seven years, your life is renewed anyway so that bad luck doesn't matter anymore. Oh, so it's more like your car insurance. After five <laughs> years, your accidents get taken off. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly like that. Um, there are ways to remedy this. I did do some remedies. One of them is throwing salt over your shoulder. Oh, great. Yep. Double waste. Waste it. Mm-hmm. Um, immediately spin around three times in a counterclockwise direction. How long do you have? To do what? To spin around three times. Oh, it doesn't say. Okay. Yep. You're going to get dizzy either way, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's often said this act in itself is bringing bad luck. If you just spin around three times, apparently that's not something you should do. It's bad luck. But after, doing it, <laughs> after breaking a mirror, it confuses the spirits. They're like, wait, where'd you go? Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Who am I attacking? Who am I attacking? Where's the salt coming from? Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
if you grind the mirror shards into a fine powder, who's got the time? Gather the broken mirror pieces and submerge them in the waters of a south-running river. Listen up. If I'm about to get seven years of bullshit, I'm going to grind that to a Yeah, you'll sand. do whatever you will. I'll yeah, do whatever false. I will. Uh, if somehow I forget to run around in a circle three times and throw salt all over my shoulder. I mean, if you can just so throw salt over your shoulder, skip the rest of it. Just yeah, but do what that. if you ran out of salt because earlier your younger brother spilt it on the table and tossed the rest over his shoulder? Can't say. You didn't know what clockwise was, so you went around counter. Or is it counterclockwise? Uh, you go counterclockwise. So you went clockwise. Yeah, because you're you're a dummy. You're thinking. About I would it, always naturally spin clockwise. Always. What's your dominant foot? I guess my right. If I would kick, if I were to kick a ball, if you were, because you've never kicked a ball before. Nope. I would kick it with my <laughs> right foot. But if I'm if when I play hockey or golf or whatever, I swing left. I don't know if that's relevant. I mean, I'm sure it has. What foot do you kick with? My right foot. Well, you also swing right. Okay, but you swing left, but yeah. you don't kick with your left foot. Right. So there's no relationship. We just you just proved your own pro- point wrong. No, no, no. I'm not proving. My point that I'm proving oh, is it's oh, weird oh, 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 that oh. I do them opposite. But also, I'm very weird. I'm left-handed, like oh, to, to are you? right, and I throw oh, with my right. Then hand. you're a horrible example. No, yeah. I thought you were right-handed as well. I'm no, right-handed no. writing. No, but I swing left in every sport. No, but if I was to play tennis or badminton, I hold it in my right hand. Badminton. Right? Uh, I write with my left hand. Um, but I do everything with my right. I remember when I was younger, yeah. uh, I used to like to play goalie, playing street hockey. Yeah. And my aunt who played hockey as well, she used to buy me a bunch of stuff all the time. And I used to always want to catch with my right hand. Right. And she would only buy me a left-handed glove. Oh. And she forced me out of it. So I, it, after a very long time, caught with my left hand, caught with my left hand, threw, threw with my right. Weird. Mm. Go on. Good. Number five. Stop, stop labeling them because you're, it's not number five. It's your number five. Yeah, that's all that's important is mine. Okay, go on. I'm joking. Yours are very important. You're very important, Evan. I'm sorry that I've been mean to you. I feel like I've been mean to you. Feel like you have been. I've called you old and salty. Twice. And I've made fun of your gray hair. I don't care about the gray hair. I'm a fox, so go on. You are. And a Slytherin, which you can tell by the way I just said that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, number five. Sing. Break a leg. It's bad luck to say good luck on opening night. If you do, then you're through. That's all I know. You are certain by the curtain you are through. Good luck. That was my Nathan Lane impression. Break a leg. I broke my leg. <laughs> The producers, Broadway musicals with Jeff and Evan. Ooh, is that our next podcast? You didn't, you didn't. Okay, we'll work on it. Okay. The term obviously means have a good show, and it's designed to be a positive term. It was used originally to discourage evil spirits from ruining your performance. Of course, the scary evil spirits. Um, Wishing someone good luck would be invoking the evil spirits and taunting them. Also probing them to act upon the performers and to ruin the performance. So by you saying, hey, good luck, man, the, devil, the demons would be like, hey, we're not going to give Oh, okay. So it would just like taunt them. Yep. A theory is uh, they state the opposite to trick the evil spirits as to not taunt them, and then they, would, they won't ruin the performance. Right. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, that's like, kind of like the low-hanging fruit. Right. It's okay. actually, knock on wood is one of the ones I did that I was like, eh, it's okay. But it's basically the same concept. It's, exactly. You're tempting fate. Yeah. So you say something that's like good that you want to happen, and you knock on wood so that it does happen, or the opposite. You say something you don't want to happen, and you knock on wood so that it 
It doesn't. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Robert Wilson Lind uh, talks about it being unlucky in horse racing to wish someone good luck. So oh. you should say something insulting such as, may you break your leg. He also mentioned that theater people are the second most superstitious group next to horse racers. Horse racers. Mm-hmm. Sure. Or, I mean, because it's all luck. I mean, it's not, but like... Fear I, isn't. No, but horse racing is. Like betting on horses. Like if you're going to sit there and bet on a horse, unless you'd spend all of your time there and you know the the horse... Here's a fun question. Okay. If you own a horse, mm-hmm. like say like one of the horses running is your horse. Yep. Can you bet? Or will they like, well, you can't bet. You own the horse. I think it's unethical to bet. Is it because it's just a horse running against other horses? It's just, you don't it, sure you know your horse is good, but you don't know how good the other horses are. I guess the thing is, is that you have no way of dictating the outcome. Right. If you could dictate the outcome, then it's unethical. Right. But For instance, like can't. if you are into a fight and you bid on yourself to lose, you could throw the fight. Yes. But right. You can't throw your horse. Unla- oh no, you definitely can't. You can't because you could bid against your horse, and like I don't know. Flip its nails too short or something. I don't know. I didn't want to get more. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess you're... No, I see what you're saying. Although bidding against your horse would therefore have to bid for another horse, and there's more than two and horses. So, and, and you don't know which horse is going to win. Unless, other I mean, I don't know how horse bidding works, but I, I'm sure you can't go in and be like, I bid this one on the left's going to lose. You bid on the one that's going to win, right? You can't... Like, I don't know. I would think so. I'm not sure, but I'm sure there's some sort of weird... And it's all chance anyway. ...code of ethics that doesn't exist. Anyways, yeah. Um, in 1939, Edna Ferber implies that behind closed doors or backstage, the understudies would wish that the leads would break their legs, therefore uh. giving them the opportunity to go out on stage. I'm sure somewhere down the line, one of the leads heard them say, break a leg. And they're like, what? And they're like, break a leg. And they're like, why'd you say that? They're like, oh, because the... Demons are are gonna <laughs> the, get the, you. the demons are coming. <laughs> the demons are gonna get you. Whoa! Break a leg, and then it just moved on from there. Uh, that's the one that makes the most sense. Have you ever seen? Um, do you know who Elaine Stritch is? Broadway performer Elaine Stritch. No, she's brilliant, and she's been in a million things. She's dead now. She has a one woman show Last. called At Liberty, and she like in the fifties or sixties she understudied Ethel Merman. Oh, and Ethel Merman was in the show, and like Ethel Merman was famous for never missing a performance ever. Mm-hmm. So she was understanding Ethel Merman was like, "I'm never getting on. Like this is never going to happen." So she took another gig. She took another show. She was one of the leads in a show across town, and she tells the story during this one woman show about how she check in at six forty five. And say, Ethel, and she's, Elaine, get out of here. I'm going on. Yeah. So Elaine would leave, go do the other show. Would, and, would both producers know that this was happening? Nope. And one night, <gasps> Ethel was sick. Ethel broke her ankle. Oh, and Elaine had to do no. somehow do both shows. And anyway, she ended up missing one of them. And it was like a big old thing. <gasps> but... It's just the whole like understudy, like being like. So I mean, the, the the appropriate thing to do was to play the understudy and to call the understudy of hers to come play hers. Yeah, if there's a second understudy, I'm sure that's what they did. I mean, sure, I mean, the show still went on. No, not like a second understudy. I mean, her understudy for her, the one that she starred in. Right. Yes. To go check in at six forty-five, be like, "Oh, you're sick. Okay, well, yes. I'll be on. I just gotta go right. fix my hair, girl." And yes. then she'd run across the street, tell yeah. the other one, oh, I hurt my leg. And then the other one would go on, and then she'd run back and do it again. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
but mm-hmm. it's it's a very good story listening to her tell it. It's, it's a great story. Yeah. Um, could also mean to bow at the knee or bend at the knee. So like kind of like a Shakespearean, like break your leg, to break your leg and to bend or to bow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, to bow at the end of the performance and to kneel down. So audiences would be like, you're amazing. And you, you would bow. Right. And some people By bow to the, the knee, knee or right. bend the knee to do like break a leg. So like yeah. break a leg. We hope that the audience loves you so much right. that you bow. Um, also trace back to audiences in ancient Greece. People mm-hmm. used to stomp on the ground to cheer. It's unlikely, but could be used figuratively, that they would right. stomp so loud so, that they would right. break their They legs. love it so much, they just stomp so hard. It's right. about outlandish. Yeah. Another theory is uh, with the assassination of Lincoln, John Wilkes Booth was the actor that obviously shot Lincoln. and when He, he was did, an actor? He was an actor in the theater. Oh, I know That's that. That's how he was able to get into theater. Oh. He then jumped from the top booth when he shot Lincoln and landed on the stage, obviously breaking his legs. Uh, did he? Is this true? Yep. Oh. Well, as, as far as Wikipedia tells me. Okay. Uh, evidently, in the days of early vaudeville, the producers would book more performers than could possibly perform in the given time of the show. Right. Since bad acts could not be pulled before their completion. Right? So in order... Right. You don't know they're bad going in. Exactly. So to ensure that the show didn't start paying people who don't actually perform, there was a general policy that a performer did not get paid unless they actually performed on the stage. Right. So the phrase, break a leg, referred to breaking the visual plane of the legs, which is a side curtain right. that lined the side of the stage. So if you broke the plane, like, like the, you know, the sides or whatever, yeah. you got paid. So you'd be like, hey man, break a leg, which means I hope you get the opportunity to get on stage and you get paid. That's the best one by far. That's the best one by far. I like that a lot. Yep. That's cool. the best for last. Um, okay. That's your last one? For the umbrella. Okay. No. Jesus. For the umbrella. That's not a thing. <laughs> I scrolled so far up on my iPad, you said I scrolled what you looked the at. umbrella. Uh, break a leg, yep. Okay. I have, oh, right. I did one I didn't want to do. Um, passing on the stairs. So this is one that mm. comes up frequently. All of the time. So at Spirit Newfoundland, where we both work, yeah. it is a big thing. Do not pass on the stairs. And if you do, mm-hmm. you say bread and butter. Bread and butter. That has nothing, like, that's not in the thing that I looked up, but nope. we do it, and that's what happens. What was the one you said that you say bread and butter for? Uh, under the ladder. Under the ladder, right. Yeah. Um, so, there, are, it's, you know, all of these are like, nothing is factual, but like, here are some theories. Mm-hmm. So, one of the reasons you shouldn't pass on the stairs is safety. Before there were banisters on stairs, if you pass someone in the stairs, one of the pers- people could fall off. Because mm-hmm. you're trying to pass. So the person on the outside is like, ah! What am I telling you, man? It's all about just keeping dumb people safe. Yep. Uh, another thing would be status. So, like, servants would never pass their masters on the stairs. You'd, you would wait. Because if you pass your masters, it's like, well, that's not a sign of respect. They're, I'm going to get fired. Okay. Um, as well, people carrying swords. The swords could be caught on narrow staircases. So if oh. your sword was on one side and my sword was on the same side, we could get hooked. That's actually super, like, right? that, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Or, as the person walked by you, you could get stabbed in the back. Ooh. Ooh. That's bleak. Uh, and left-handed swordsmen were in demand as a last resort, because if you'd had to defend a castle, spiral staircases were counterclockwise. Okay. So that if you were a right-handed swordsman, your sword is on the wrong side. You had to reach around. Exactly. Oh, my Whereas God. Whereas left-handed, you're at an advantage during any right-handed person. And here we go, thinking left-handed people are disenfranchised. There, yeah, but there's, I mean, there's less of them. Yeah, well, That's a fact. Right-handed so can openers. In, yeah. Right-handed scissors. Yeah, so they're in demand, and they did good things. And they did great things. Yep. I.e., I'm left-handed. 
Also that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Listen, if you're ever running up a spiral staircase, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Jeff Sims. Anyway, that's okay. all. Anyways, you done? Yep. Uh, great. An itchy palm, which is weird because I actually asked if we can get rid of itchy palm because I didn't even know what it was. I was like, buy you got an itchy palm scratcher. And I wanted to actually put in step on a crack, you break your motor's back. Right. But that's actually not a thing. It's just a children's rhyme. <laughs> There's no superstition. I don't think there was one. It's recorded. like Miss Mary Mac. Yeah. <laughs> or Mary Mac's <laughs> mother's making Mary Mac marry me. My mother's making me break Mary's back. I think I the Jamie and the Mary Mac and I stepped in a crack. An itchy palm might seem a simple thing like an itchy, itchy arm or leg, but it is actually all about the money. Is according, it? According to some people, an itchy left palm means money's coming your way, while an itchy right palm means you're about to lose your money. Your palm is the inside of your hand, specifically. Yes, your palm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, for some reason, was like, what is your palm again? Go on. Uh, buddy. Go on, I said. Okay. There's also the belief that scratching your itchy palm on wood will guarantee good fortune. And splinters. And splinters. And <laughs> <laughs> will guarantee a sore hand by the end of it. Yes. The roots of uh, this superstition can be traced back to the Saxons and Celts in Europe during the pre-Christian era. The Saxons believed that rubbing one's skin on silver was a cure for most diseases. So they started to rub their itchy palms on silver. Eventually, this belief turned into the superstition that an itch meant silver was coming your way. This superstition was later adopted by the Romans, especially by fortune tellers, and turned into the version that we know today. However, there might be a simple explanation for itchy palms. Skin disease, eczema, (laughs) allergic reactions, diabetes, reactions to medications, psoriasis, and nerve disorders are known to cause itchy palms. Hence, the next time you want to scratch your palms, make sure your health is okay instead of worrying about your money. I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. I've always done that. Never has there been a time where my palm was itchy where I was like, maybe the money's coming. I'm just maybe I need like, to... I had too much dairy. Check. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. <laughs> what? Move on. Um, Friday the 13th. That's yes. the one I was waiting to say. It's eek, a good closer, eek, actually. Eek, eek, yeah. Eek. Don't do horror movies. But Friday the 13th happens at least once per year, sometimes twice. Sometimes twice. Um, why 13, you ask? Well, trichodiscophobia. Tristodectophobia. Yep, that is the figure of the number 13, mm-hmm. which you, obviously you knew because you could pronounce it better than I could. Hashtag friends. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I can pronounce it. Have you not seen friends? No, oh. not that we're friends, asshole. The no, show no, no. friends. The show friends. I know what you meant. They say it in the show. So I can pronounce it because one time on one show they said it. Yes. Nope. That's so not you, how my brain works. Well, okay. Anyways, they, it's, it's, a, it's a question in their game show that they've created. They say, what is Tristodectophobia? And then Ross freezes up and he goes, uh, the fear of Triscuits. Oh. Okay. A lot of hotels don't have the number 13. Or airplanes that have aisle 13. Nope, we can't talk about them. Um, It may be... Nope. Maybe. It may date back to the Code of Hammurabi. 
Uh, it's one of the first set of rules set out in 1700 BC. There were 282 rules or laws, but there was a typo during the translations where rule 13 was left out. Oh. So then people thought, oh, well, 13 is, is unlucky. So that guy's just either an idiot or there was an actual legitimate typo. No, no, no. There was a typo. It's clarified there was a typo. No, but like it went 12, 14. So either he didn't know how to count or there was a typo. Yeah, exactly. But there was a typo. They've confirmed. Or he couldn't count. <laughs> no, no, no. They've confirmed it's a typo. Um, <laughs> but it's also one of the other things is that 12 is a very popular number with with um, good omens. So like 12 months in a year, 12 zodiac signs, 12 hours in a day, 12 days of Christmas. Like 12 is a number okay. that we I'll with, give you that. Sure, right? sure, sure, you know, sure. Like, you know, a dozen. Yeah. A baker's dozen, a whatever dozen. Mm-hmm. A 12 is a number. So one past that is thought to be unlucky. Sure. Um, Schoenberg, the, the composer, yep. Arnold Schoenberg, yep. um, was frequently, I mean, he was like the biggest, what's it called? Tristodectophobian? Tristodectophobic. That. He was that. Um, so severely, whenever he would write music, frequently he would leave out the 13th measure. And, I knew that, actually. And write it as 12A. So he'd have 12, 12A, and then 14. Oh, I didn't know he called it 12A. I thought yep. he just went 12 and 13, uh, twelve and 14. Nope, he called it 12A. Interesting. Uh, he was so afraid of dying on a year or at an age that was a multiple of 13. Woof. When he turned 76, a colleague suggested this would be an unlucky year to die because 7 plus 6 is 13. Meanwhile, not a very good friend. Knowing Arnold is stressed about this, he'd be like, you know what would be funny, Arnold? Yeah. And he died this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't say that to anybody anyway. Meanwhile, Nar ladders were walked under that year. I'll tell you that for free. He died that year. He's, you stop it. On what day? Friday the 13th. You, no, don't believe it. Yes, he did. How many black cats sat by his bed that night? Many. 13. <laughs> 13? No, seven. Uh, no, he did die that year on Friday the 13th. It was July 2051. Uh, 2051. 20 yep. <laughs> he died in the future. 1951. Time travel. Time travel. Um, yeah, he died in 1951 in July on Friday the 13th. And he was 76. Ow. How did he die? Sorry, not how did that, how did he die? Oh, I don't know. So he killed himself. No. No, because he was terrified of dying at that time. No, but like how, I don't want to use the word romantic, but how like conclusive would it be to live your life in that kind of way? And then for it to happen. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure he didn't kill himself because I think that would be obvious. Well, it was also, what year was it? 1951. So he obviously <laughs> died from spontaneously combusting, <laughs> burned himself, left his knees. It's all full circle, buddy. Ten bucks Stockings. says, Schoenberg killed himself by fire. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday comes up for Friday the 13th because Jesus was crucified on a Friday. Oh. Right? Apparently that's, a like, good Friday is actually like, more than likely the the thing that brings Friday into Friday the 13th. Were there days of the week back then? Apparently, yes. Good or, Friday. No, 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 but that's what we say now. We always say it's Friday, and then it's Saturday, Sunday, and then he rise again. Like, But like, what I'm saying He'll is that... rise like, again! <laughs> yeah, but why would we have called it Friday if there wasn't Friday then? It's just what conveniently we decide to celebrate that day on. Mm, I don't think so. I think it's there were days of the week back then. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I'm asking you. I'm assuming that there were, because they call it Good Friday, and apparently that's one of the reasons for this. I'm just telling you. Bit of a stretch. Jesus was crucified on a Friday, so they're like, Friday is bad luck. Mm -hmm. Um, I told you Jesus dying on the cross wasn't good luck. That's what I said. I was telling you it was coming back. 
Also, Judas was the 13th guest at the Last Supper, Friday 13. Yeah, okay. I mean, who's to say who was the 13th guest? As in he showed up last? Or, or he, he, was, was, he was invited last? last? Like, no wonder he betrayed Jesus. Honestly, like... He was I, the least wanted guest at the party. You got 12 friends, and you invited me last. Like, like oh, God, I don't want to Kevin said he couldn't make it, so you yeah. asked me. God, I don't want to invite Judas, guys. I don't know. He seems really weird. No, Jesus, it'd be the right thing to do. All right, I'll invite you. It's the last supper I'm going to have, though. I don't know. He keeps wanting to kiss me and stuff. I don't know. It's weird. The hysteria really started in the 20th century after Thomas Lawson's book, Friday the 13th, about a stockbroker who chooses this day to, to, to deliberately crash the stock market. The next year, the New York Times had an article acknowledging the superstitions of Friday the 13th, and it began to take off. So before then, it was like, yeah. even though Good Friday and Judas and whatever all happened thousands of years before that, mm-hmm. that's when it really became like, now it's a superstition. One guy wrote a book saying, bad things happen on Friday the 13th. Yeah. Guy gets nailed to a cross. Nothing. Guy yeah. writes a book. Yeah. The world goes in turmoil. Yeah. Good. Um, so that's where, and then of course, obviously the film franchise Friday the 13th yes. took that and we just went to town with it. Yep. yep. Has anything ever happened to you on Friday the 13th? No. There's been, we, Tiffany and I were talking about this today. In 2019, 2020, I think Friday the 13th were pretty close together. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember being like, it's Friday the 13th. And then, like, it not long again. after, yeah, being like, yeah. oh, it's Friday the 13th again. It was like November and like February, like something yeah, weird yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, um, this is something we haven't talked about. Has any, have any of these things, like, affected you in your life? No. Like, have you ever walked under, under a ladder and, like, died or something? I haven't died as of yet. No. Okay. Uh, no, no. And, and again, I think it's... I, I, maybe, but I would never trace it back to these things because I'm not superstitious. No. So if something bad happened to me on a day I walked under a ladder or on a day I passed somebody on the steps or whatever, mm-hmm. I wouldn't go, that happened because of this. Yeah. I just go, oh, that sucked today. And I would go to bed and never... It would never occur to me that that happened the same day. No, and neither would I. And I think... I think when it comes to a lot of these superstitions, a lot of them, like we said before, are you know trying to protect people from doing stupid things. Yeah, and maybe and people reaching for why something bad happened to them. Yeah, so they're like, trying to explain sometimes it. bad things happen, and like sometimes shit happens, man. Yep, and uh, that sucks. Obviously, it certainly does. Um, so that's it. That's the episode. Episode that's a, seven. That's a lot, buddy. The number. It's a big number. Oof. Five and two, three and four, anxious. one six. Seven, seven zero seven <laughs> seven seven seven. Another friend's episode or reference. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Nice. Also, me and Catherine watched the movie Seven the other day. Um, Not for the first time. No, no, no. But oh, she, okay. I think she watched it for the first time. Um, yeah. Frequently, I've said this. If I could go back and watch one movie again for the first time, Seven is high up on that list. Oh no. I mean, yes. For the first time, having never, not knowing what the ending is. Because the ending is so wild. The ending is good, but I will tell you one thing. It's pretty, like, you can guess it from a mile away. Not a mile, but like 0.25 kilometers. Like seven kilometers. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, It's, but it's a good movie. It's a great movie. It's a phenomenal yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah we watched that, like, The Seven Deadly Sins. Yeah. Also, an important thing. I mean, the second he says, what's in the box? You're like, I know what's in the box. It, yeah, but obviously, still, we all know but, what's in the box. But the whole time you're going, oh, I know what's in the box. Yeah. But you can't relive that And here's another time. thing. Like, I haven't watched it in years. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know if Catherine's seen it before or same situation. Right. But when we saw uh, Kevin Spacey take the picture of Brad Pitt on the staircase, I don't, I, you'll never yes. remember the scene. 
Do you remember the scene? Yeah, I think I do. Wow. Of like the photographer guys. being like as like the press. Yeah. I was like, that's definitely him. And it turned up to be him. I don't know. The 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 movie seemed very predictable. A fantastic movie, but it was very predictable. Mm, no. It's never a movie <laughs> I'd <laughs> Who am I? Jeff talking about primary colors. Mm, <laughs> no. <laughs> Shade. Good for you. Thanks. Good for you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I didn't, the first time I watched it, I was probably like fourteen or fifteen. Oh, so yeah. I. Well, that's I, why I, you couldn't I really. Was, like, yeah, I wasn't see predicting it, it. I feel like if you were to watch it now, it's not as mind blowing. as Yeah, it was yeah, now. yeah. Probably. You watch and you're like, oh, it's very obvious what's about to happen. Yeah, but I do love a good twist on the end. Oh, don't we all? What's your favorite movie of all time? Just out of curiosity, buddy, we don't have enough time. Is it Star Wars? I don't know, because like. I think movies are the same way as music in the sense where right. you can't have... It's hard to... Yeah. It's not just as hard. You can't have one movie or one song that you love in every context. Yes. Like, for instance, if you're feeling sad, you wouldn't listen to the same song no. if you were happy. Yep. And so you have your favorite sad song. You have yes. your favorite happy song. You have your right. favorite this song, that song. So it's all very contextual on how you're feeling in the moment that you're feeling. I agree. Right? So it's very emotionally based. But, so like when I got the blues or if i'm sick or if yeah. i like i just want to curl up in my bed and do nothing else i actually want to watch the mummy <laughs> it's really weird i just want to watch the mummy i don't right. want to watch anything else i want to watch the mummy yeah if i want to have like popcorn and just like have a good movie i i like the hobbit or the lord of the rings mm. if i'm by myself and i got nothing else to do i'll watch star wars right it's been a while since i've watched harry potter but when i go to bed i'll listen to the harry potter books right so i think the same as an art is very contextual. And yeah. I think it would be a shame to art to yeah. say, this is my this favorite, is my all the favorite time. of right. all time in any context. Like It's like people who say, I love metal music and I'll only ever listen to metal music. Right. I love metal. I do. I truly, yeah. truly do. But if I were to try to go to sleep, I wouldn't listen to Ride the Lightning. Nope. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't watch this movie often, but I think in most... In most emotional states, the movie that I can watch almost any time is The Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's neither, it's neither happy or sad. True. It sort of lives in a neutral zone. Absolutely. Not in a boring way. No. But like you can sort of watch it no matter what the mood you're in. Uh-huh. And now I haven't watched it in over a year or more, but I can pretty, watch, pretty much watch that movie whenever. Yeah. Fun fact, the guy who plays the priest plays Dumbledore in the first two movies of Harry Potter. I'm trying to picture him in that movie and I can't. Is he, he much younger? No, nah, he's just Dumbledore. He's just the same. He looks exi- identical. Okay. Yeah, he's got a long white beard and he talks like this. Harry. Harry. Did you put your name in the cover of the fire? <laughs> no, other guy. <laughs> oh, the first one in The Philosopher's. And Chamber of Secrets. The first guy. Did he make it to the second one? I thought he died after Philosopher. No, he did the first two. Yeah. Did you know that that actor, um, in the in the interest of explaining, uh, his granddaughter was a huge Harry Potter fan from reading the books, and she begged him to play the role because he was approached to play the role of Dumbledore, and he's like, mm-hmm. and she begged him to play the role, and that's why he did it. That is the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Yep. Maybe one day my granddaughter will beg me to play a role, and I will tell her. They didn't try to cast they me. Didn't. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Funny. Uh, so, 
Episode seven. We've made it to the end, buddy. Yep. I'm proud of you. Thank you. So there's a couple things we have to do really quick before we sign off for this evening yes. uh, episode. So I was, um, what's the word I want to use? Nominated. Nominated. Thank you. Nominated by one Shane Evans to participate in the PTSD uh, three shot challenge. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't want to put it up on Facebook. I thought that's only silly, uh, but I did want to acknowledge it. I do want to support it, and I do want to uh, do it here tonight. And I think Evan was also nominated. I was nominated by my stepfather, Russell, um, and I told him point blank, I'm not doing that because you, at, in his post, it said you had to do it within 24 hours. And by the time I saw it, it was like 9 o'clock on a Sunday. I was already half lit. And Monday night, I had an well, online it's gig. Nine o'clock on a Sunday. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not doing that. I was like, what do you want? Like, tell me what bottle of whatever you want for Father's Day, and that's what I'll get you. Mm-hmm. Because that's apparently, if you don't do it, you're supposed to buy them a bottle of something. Yes. So I was like, I'll just do that. That's fine. Um. so anyway, he's like, no, don't worry about it. But here we are. We're doing it. It's not 24 hours, so but we're doing it. On. And I'll still get you a bottle of something. So I'm going to pour up, pour up a couple shots. Hold on a second. Yep. One second, buddy. Now we have to do three different shots of things, right? Yep. So, so what's this first shot? This is La Vodka. This is the worst one, and we're going to get out of the way early. I'm happy about it. So, instead, Just do it. Just so do it. first off, first off, before we do it, uh, instead of nominating three different people, what we're going to do is we're going to think of uh, a couple of things that we want our listeners to do. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're nominating all listeners. Exactly. And and it doesn't have to be like, it's it's you said PTSD is like a thing that is yeah. is attached to this specific so thing. So first shot to PTSD. Here we go. Here we go, buddy. Cheers. Cheers. Oh god. That's a happy thing. Said no one. <gasps> Hold on. Okay. I'm going to throw up. You're not going to throw up. No, I'm not going to throw up. Okay, here we okay. go. All right. So second shot. What's second this, Jeff? Tell the people. It's the old Crown Royal. I do love a good Crown Royal. I used to drink it a lot. Uh, when I was younger. I think I had a bottle here that only you have drank it from. Well, now it's almost empty. So yep. that's it. Um, so what's this one too, Evan? Uh, this one is going to be, we're going to take a shot and you, you don't have to take a shot. We're nominating you all, but you don't have to shoot. You can, why don't you donate to a charity of your choosing? Yeah. Um, you know, there's all the things going around with Black Lives Matter right now. And there are so many good charities out there right now that you can be donating to. Absolutely. Pick one. And they're all great. That's a good place to put that money. That's a great place to put that money. Save your liquor. Spend your money. Here we go. There's nothing royal about that. All right, number three, buddy. Tell the world. Number three, we're doing a Glenfiddich scotch. We're getting real bougie. I got this for a gift. For a gig I did once. I almost want to drink it slowly. Didn't get paid for the gig. Got a bottle of scotch instead. Yes, it's been sitting there ever since, hasn't it? That's probably better. The more it ages, the better it gets. Mm, I feel like it would for like good liquor. Not that Glenfiddich is. It's it's what applies to us. That's what would happen to us if we were good. We'd get better with time. (laughs) Maybe in like 35 years, someone will come across this uh, podcast and actually enjoy it. Sure. How rude of me to say. Uh, This one. Is at heart, and uh, that's weird, but it's in the interest of learning things. This podcast is founded on explaining explaining things that we should know but don't. Uh, This is a calling for anybody who's listening to go learn something that they don't know. Uh, Have a listen for moments where you are uh, unaware of things that are happening in your community, things that you can make better, Uh, especially like Evan said a second ago with Black Lives Matter. 
all the oppression and all the uh, anger that's happening in the world right now. Now's the opportunity for you to learn about what's happening in your community and to make things right. So cheers and, to that, Evan. And there's no shame in not knowing anything. No. This it, is your opportunity to make it better. You can make it better. There's a great um, sort of cartoon that I shared this week on Facebook. I saw somebody share, and I thought, this speaks to me. And it's just saying, like, oh, I, I, don't, I didn't know that. If I now change my opinion, am I a hypocrite? No, not at all. No. You've learned something, and you've bettered yourself, and now will better the people around you. So you've done wonderful things. Yeah. If anybody calls you a hypocrite, you can wear that badge of honor because you've done something great. So cheers. Cheers to that, buddy. Unfortunately. Oh, we're going to cheers. Stand on the other side. Why is this happening to it's me? To knowledge. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Okay. All right. Episode seven. Uh, <clears throat> give me a second. All right. Okay. Episode seven. No. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Um, um, as always, we hope that everyone takes the opportunity to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Splaincast. Make sure you like, comment, uh, tell us all about it, and make sure you head to wherever you listen to the podcast and rate us. That's super important to us. Let us know how you feel. Five stars. Shut up from the hills. Goes a long way. Uh, thank you to people who are continuously sending in um, topics that we can do. Uh, we will get to them. We promise. We are delighted by them. Every time they come in, we're so happy, and we immediately text or send a voice memo to each other and say, these are amazing. Let's do these soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so stay tuned for that. You can email us at info.splainin at gmail.com. We hoped you learned something this week. And if you didn't, there's always next week. It's a me, a Mario. It's a me, a Mario. Country road. Let's go. It's a me, Mario. Okie dokie. Mamma mia. Here we go. Mario. I'm going Mexico. Mexico. No. Mario. It's very good. Okay, we may cut that. Yep.